God, we just thank you, God, that you're holy, God. We thank you that you meet us here, God. We thank you that you are a God that still does miracles, God, that as we have Jim sitting here on this front seat, and amen, if you don't know, if you don't believe that God still does miracles, the doctor basically said to Jim, you shouldn't be alive, you're a miracle. And I feel like today, I know it's Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day, we're gonna celebrate you, but I feel like today, if you are in doubt, and you're like, God, where's my miracle? That today is a day where we have someone sitting here, where even a doctor, someone that can see all the details, he can see it all, you know, as it is um, on, on x-rays and on tests that they can run. And he can see it all a certain way. But then he still came to Jim and he still said, you are a miracle. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have survived. And I just want that, I want that to encourage you today. I want that to encourage me today that wherever you feel like you're at and you're still fighting and you're still asking God for your miracle, that today you just raise your hand and that the people around you will just believe with you for your miracle. And our miracle is not in our timing. Our miracle is all in God's timing, and we don't know what his plan is. He keeps speaking me to the, this to me all year long. Candace, I see the full picture you don't. You're not supposed to. So even if your miracle hasn't come, today I want you to raise your hand, and I want you to believe that your miracle is coming, and I want you to pray, and I want you to thank him, and we're gonna do it together. So let's raise our hands and say, God, we thank you, God, that you keep proving to us, God, through tumors being removed, God, through people living through situations where doctors say they shouldn't, God, that they are still a miracle, God, that you are still proving to us, God, that you are the God of miracles. And are we going to believe? Are we going to stand on that, God? Even if our miracle doesn't come today or this month or next year, God, are we still going to believe that you are a God of miracles? So, God, right now, we thank you, God. I thank you, God, for healing, God, in my head, God, in my arms, God, from my head to my feet, God. God, I thank you, God, for healing in families, God. I thank you, God, for healing, God, in youth, God, that are troubled and they don't know what to do, God, and their parents don't know what to do, God. I thank you, God, that we are going to see miracles, God. I thank you, God that you said nothing is impossible with you. That if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, God, that you would move that mountain. So we thank you. Church, I need you to thank him. I need you to thank him. God, we thank you. We thank you, God. We thank you that you are still a God of miracles. We thank you in advance, God. And we love you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. So if the ushers will just come up, we'll switch real quick into taking up offering. And um, we just want to say happy Mother's Day. You are awesome. If you're not a mom, you're still awesome. And um, I love this little poem. And we read it every year, and I add pieces to it every year. But um, I just want you to know that we honor you today. So um, 
to those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear a badge of food stains and throw up, we appreciate you. To those who experienced loss this year through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. It gets me every time. Um, to those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make it harder. To those grandmas who love our kids unconditionally, we cherish you. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who are aunts and friends that spoil our kids rotten and give them sweets behind our back, we need you to balance us out. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who live through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you. So thank you, guys. And um, you guys can take up the offering. Sorry. There are like 40 things. We'll pray over it. Sorry. Dear Jesus, thank you for the offering. Thank you for these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry. Um, so many things. So um, we always do this every year. And uh, I just want to honor the mom that is here with the youngest baby. So this is always a little tricky. So if you have a baby that is... Uh, five months and younger, can you please stand? I was trying to figure this out. We might have to go higher this year because there was like 12 babies born last year, so there's no small, small ones. Okay, let's go nine months and younger. If you have a baby nine months and younger, please stand. Oh, my goodness. Okay, 12 months and younger. If you have a baby 12 months and younger, I know Mo. Okay, Morgan. Okay, so how old is the baby? It's a trick question. Almost 11. Mo? Nine months. Woo, let's give Mo a hand. So she gets 20 bucks of Starbucks because she still doesn't sleep at night. So she needs some Starbucks. <laughs> Tino, we know you sleep. You're fine. Mo gets to keep the Starbucks. Okay. Sorry, Father's Day is coming. We'll get John to give you Starbucks. Okay, and then we want to honor, actually, the oldest mom in the room. So if you are 70 and older, could you please stand? You all look amazing. Do not be scared to stand. 70 and older. Woo! Let's give these ladies a hand. Awesome. Okay. The easiest way to do this is if you share your age. Sorry. 73. No. Miss Tina, 74, 71. All right, Miss Tina, we have some beautiful flowers for you. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for being here. Let's give her a hand. 
All right, and then we always do the mom with the most kids and grandkids here. So you can be grandma. They have to be here, though, present. So if you have in, in the church building. Yeah. So if you have four or more kids in this building and, and grandkids, so the grandmas kind of get a head run, um, go ahead and stand. <laughs> awesome. Okay, four or more. That's great. Five or more. Uh-oh. We're going to have to do rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Uh, can you stand again? Okay. Julie and Christina, rock, paper, scissors. Oh, okay. Julie's sitting. Oh, okay. I have, okay. Okay, rock, paper, scissors, ladies. Let's go. Oh, no. They're all so humble. <laughs> it's okay. John's taking them. No, it's okay. I can give you guys all Starbucks cards afterwards. Me, me in the welcome room. Um, but I just do want all the ladies to know we wanted to honor you today. We have some cool little bracelets outside at the table um, by the cupcakes. So you should definitely grab one. And we just want to say we love you and appreciate you. Thanks for being part of our church and people, women that really help um, disciple our children. We appreciate you. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. If you're a visitor, thank you for being here. We have a welcome uh, a room in the back. We would love to meet you. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, if you want to look into your bulletins, if you are interested in signing up in baptisms, please sign up there. We also have a newcomer's lunch. If you're new to this place and want to meet some of uh, the leaders and some of the people that have been here for a while, I want to invite you to a lunch next week. And you can sign up also on online. There's an email that you just send your name and how many people are coming. And we would love to meet you guys and uh, just learn about your lives. Uh, but today... We are on part two of the message series, The Way. And the idea I came up with this, I almost called this message The Samurai, but it was going to be super weird. But I'm, I'm a little weird, all right? And it, it's all right. But the, but the word samurai means two words, actually. It means warrior, and it's also interchangeable with the word servant. With the word servant. And, and they lived by a code called Bushido, which is interesting. It means the way of the warrior. And I believe as followers of Jesus, we too must live by a code, the way of our master, Jesus, and walking in his steps, practicing his disciplines, the Beatitudes, and becoming students. Oh, we never stop becoming a student. We never stop learning. I'm telling you, we never stop learning. Paul wrote to his student, Timothy, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Think about that for a moment. So everyone who follows Jesus in this room is in training. Tell your neighbor you're in training. That's right. Tell your neighbor you're in training, and you're, you, you, you still got work to do. You got work to do. See, no one can do the work for you. Isn't that, isn't that true about life and anything? You, you, we can do a life hack and try to do a shortcut, but then you got to learn the whole thing over again. Because, because it's not always the ending that's most valuable. A lot of times it's in between. It's the journey. It's the things that we learn. And many people have done Christianity like a life hack way. 
And I'm just being straight up here. We, we, we want to do the attend church thing, try to be good. And I'm talking to the Christians here today. We try not to cuss. And not tr- we try not to sin too bad. Like the easy sins, we're like, that's okay. God's okay with that, right? He's not holy like that. The angels aren't singing like he's holy like that. No, he's holy like that. He's holy like that. But where's the transformation when we do the life hack Christianity? Where's the joy? I mean this. Where's the power? Where's the hope and the promise? Maybe it's, th- it's uh, time to stop just trying and start training like, uh, like Paul was saying to his student. Tra- not trying to be good is cool, but training like Jesus produces transformation. We talked about that two weeks ago. And the goal of this series is transformation as we learn his way by learning the way that Jesus lived. And we're going to start by practice number one. I call it serious celebration say serious celebration if you have your bibles please turn to john 15 all right that sounds awesome i'm going to read john 15 many of you guys know it many of you guys have heard it i'm going to read verse 1 to 4 and then i'm going to skip uh, to 10 to 11 but i'm going to read this with you it says i am the true vine this is jesus speaking and my father he's the gardener And he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, right? He still cuts. He still trims, right? So that it will be even more fruitful. The the reason that God cuts things out of our lives is not just to to hurt you, but it's to grow you, to make your life fruitful. Because we'll be satisfied with where we're at in life. And God has so much more for you that he might have to trim things out in our lives to keep growing us. And and then it, it continues, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. You are clean because of the belief in the gospel, right? Verse 4, remain in me, and I also remain in you. And that's huge. As we remain in Christ, as we stay the course, even when it's hard, as we stay connected, stay submitted, stay humble, stay trusting, stay the course, as we remain, I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He's reminding us again. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Fruit that will last. That's a promise. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Then I skipped the verse 10 and 11. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. If you actually obey what I say to obey, do these things, you will remain in my love. Just as I kept, just as I kept my father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy, say my joy. So he's talking about Jesus' joy, God's joy, the joy that does not fade or wane may be in you and in your joy may be complete. That's God's word. That's God's word. Listen, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and you're, you might question me, but God's goal is not your obedience. And I'll explain it. God's goal is your joy and his glory. God's goal is not your obedience. It's his glory and your joy. God knows that you're most satisfied, that you are most complete, you're most full when God is most glorified in you. So you come alive most when you are most joyful, most hopeful. Your life makes most sense when you're deeply connected to the vine that is Jesus. 
God is not after your begrudging obedience. I mean it. Like, okay, I guess I have to do this. Because God's going to, it's like a teenage girl up in heaven. He's going to be mad at me, right? No, God is not after our begrudging obedience. Oh, okay, I guess I have to sing songs to Jesus because that's what, that's what you want, right, God? No, he doesn't want that. He is after your joy. God does not need our praise. Listen, God does not need us to sing songs and worship and pray. You know who needs it? We do. God is all complete, all by himself. He's all good, all by himself, but we're not. It says our joy is incomplete. There is more for our lives. See, God, he's not after our begrudging obedience. He's after your joy and his glory. It's so much bigger than us. So that's what I'm talking about today. Uh, Last Monday, I got home from work, and I was tired. I don't know. On Mondays, are you guys tired on Mondays after you come home? Right? And I come home from work. I'm tired. I got on my couch, and I turned on my favorite show, The World of Dance. That's what I like to watch, right? And I was like, I was like after I, the Kings won, I was really excited. The Indian team, I was like, yes, from Mumbai, right? But Ezra, my youngest, he wanted my attention, so he proceeds to just start dancing. He's dancing crazy. He's, he's shaking his butt all weird. I'm like, get out of the way. I'm trying to watch my show, right? Five minutes straight, he's shaking his booty, and he's all serious into it. And all I wanted to do, and I know you guys, all you want to do is just relax, Right? Just watch your show. So I'm like, get out of my way. Daddy's watching his show. Ezra, get out. Stop it. Don't you see that I'm busy? And finally, he settles down. And later that night, I was thinking about, cele- I was thinking about serious celebration because that's what us pastors do. We got to think about our sermons right from the beginning, right? And because I, that was on my mind. Then all of a sudden, I got all convicted thinking about when will Ezra ever dance like that again? How many of those moments do we get? I was watching this stupid show. It's not stupid. It's really cool, right? But the most important in my life, person in my life is in front of me. And he desires my attention and my affection for me to join in on his dance battle, right? For his joy. And I began to think, I wonder if God feels the same way. How many times do we miss holy God moments where God is inviting us into his dance battle and we miss it because we're in a hurry, we're too serious, too busy, too focused on me? Living life in transit. You ever, you ever, that's what, this is what I mean. Either we're going somewhere or we're waiting to go somewhere or we're preparing to go somewhere, right? Feeding the kids, getting them dressed, driving to work, going to a meeting, doing our job, eating fast, getting ready for bed, just to do it over again. Do you ever feel like your life is just in transit, right? I do. I'm just like, we're just doing the next thing to the next thing to the next thing, right? Living in a hurry, missing life's moments, and not being present to what matters most, to God to people, and to enjoying, and just being present for this moment of life. Just what if we're waiting for something great to happen to us when it's happening, when it's happening all around us? Think about that for a moment. Is hurry killing your joy? Is hurry killing the presence of God in you? 
Because you're like, hurry up, God, do something. I'm going to do a quick prayer, quick this, quick church, next, 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 next. And we're waiting for that big moment. And God's like, dude, it's happening all around you. Did you see the flowers today, John? I was like, no, I was driving too fast and grabbing Starbucks and getting here. Did you see the snow on the mountains? No, I missed it, God. Did you see the color of the sky? It was extra blue today just for you. No, I, I missed it. Did you see that the way your son was dressed today? He dressed himself. And I was like, I missed all of those things, God. Because hurry. See, joy is a part of God's plan for your life and my life, according to Jesus. And just what if our biggest problem isn't a hard marriage or a failing business or this diagnosis, and I'm not minimizing our real challenges, but either our problem is bigger than God or God is bigger than my problem. For many of us, it's hard to believe because we've been through some stuff. People in this room, been through some stuff. They might be smiling right next door, and I'm going to address this. Some of you guys are going through some things, and you guys feel so alone. And today, if you are feeling down in the dumps, and you're depressed, and you need somebody, I just want to say we're here. I'm here. I would never want you to ever end your life or, th or deal with suicide or deep, dark depression alone. I want to say that out loud, because I know that our world, our society, suicide is on a skyrocket right now in this community. Skyrocketing. That's the biggest problems people are facing. And I want you to know that you are not alone and that God loves you and we love you. We love you. I don't want you to be alone. And I know it's real. And people who have never faced depression, they said, oh, it's, you know, it's just a bad day. No, it's like a bad 10 years sometimes. It's a bad month. A, and, you, and you can't even think of something joyful because your brain is done, man. I've been there. I just, man, I just want you to know that God loves you. And this church, it's, it was built just for you. We've faced deep hurts. Some of us, we've given up on joy. Joy is for the fools, we say. So we push people away. We live at a distance, and we say it's our personality. I'm just like this way. But in reality, it's self-defense. You wear extra thick armor, and but by doing this, you are more alone, left out, isolated, and you hurt yourself. So today, I want to give you a better way. I want to give you a better theology of Jesus, a better view of him. Number one, Jesus is joyful. Jesus is joyful. Kids ran to Jesus, right? Kids are attracted to joy. They don't flock to everyone. Kids don't flock to me. Ask, ask Kristen. They run from me. Maybe I'm a little too serious. Maybe it's the size of my head proportioned to my body, right? Maybe they're like, whoa, that guy has a big Korean head, right? I don't know, but kids ran to Jesus. Kids, can, can you imagine Jesus making funny faces? Can you imagine that? Just imagine with me. Can you imagine him cracking jokes? Because we never do except kids ran to Jesus. And the disciples like, get out of here. Get out of here. We need to do spiritual stuff. And Jesus said to them, he rebuked them, this is the spiritual stuff. And you're missing it. I wonder if we're a little too serious and we take ourselves too seriously when Jesus was saying, this is the spiritual stuff. 
This is the important stuff. Laughing is spiritual. Maybe we need to get a little more spiritual than we are. Celebrate more and laugh at ourselves more. Jesus also loved parties. His first miracle was at a wedding party. He turned water into wine, keeping the party going. Parties filled with laughter and people. He wasn't in a rush doing more and more spiritual stuff. He was doing the spiritual stuff. Jesus taught us in Luke 15, in three stories, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And every story ends with a celebration and a party. I, I thought that was funny. You know, we stopped parties after elementary school, right? My son, uh, I w- we went to their last elementary school party. All the kids are crying, and they're like, this is going to be our last school party. They're all crying. I was like, what is going on? Right? And maybe they're, they're more right on than I am. I'm serious. Because we're like, no more parties. It's serious stuff. It's heaven to hell, right? We're like, this is really serious life, right? And then maybe we're missing something. Maybe we need to learn from Jesus and learn from his stories. Luke 15, 7, it says, I tell you the truth. In the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who does not repent. Verse 10, it says, in the same way, I tell you, there's more rejoicing. There's a party in the presence of the angels over, of God over one sinner who repents. So there's a party, and it says, it says in the presence of angels that God himself is up, and he's dancing, and he's the one throwing the party, not the angels. Right? Verse 24, for the son of mine was dead and is now alive. He was lost and now found. So they began to celebrate. And the common theme is that the lost are found. That's super important. We don't just gather here to gather here. We have to switch our minds that there are lost, there are broken, there are hurting that need to be found, that need Jesus, that need his hope, his love. And, and, and your, uh, your faith and my faith, it will always wane. It will always get weaker if we don't acknowledge that your faith and, and God has put wisdom and hope and he has saved us for a reason. Not so we can just hold it and sit in the room and talk about Jesus, but we can get out these doors and bring the lost home. It will never make sense. This, this, this faith, this thing called Christianity will never make sense until we get out these doors and live it. And then you'll say, oh, Jesus, you are with me. I can't believe I said that. I never thought that in my life. And then I said these words of wisdom. I said, is that even me? <laughs> and he said, oh, it was God speaking through us. And then you love someone so deeply. You know, I used to pray all the time, God, give me compassion because I didn't really like people. I was like, all right, I'm, God, you put me in the ministry. I used to tell Pastor Bo, my mentor, I was like, I don't even like people. Like, what are you doing hiring me? And then the other day, I'm just weeping over people. I'm like, I can't believe you would break my heart for people. I was like, the, I was like so hardened, right? And that God would take a hardened heart and fill it with love for people. He can change us. He can transform us. But you got to take that faith and you got to work it out. You got to take it out the doors. Or it's just, when was the last time you brought someone to Christ that you actually witnessed your life and said, I, let me tell you about Jesus, how he changed my life? When was the last time? And I'm not here to like, man, throw, throw shade on you. I'm not. I'm here to tell you. Man, your faith will come alive when you work out your faith. When was the last time you invited someone to come in here? Nah, this is my spot. It's more comfortable when my coworkers don't know what I do. 
right? Those are real thoughts I've had, so, so I'm just sharing with you, right? It's messy. It's crazy, but it's worth it. Live. Work out your faith. See, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, it says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, to be joyful. Jesus and joy go hand in hand. It's, it's not optional. It's not optional. I find it crazy. I used to think, man, why are there so many cranky Christians, right? It's because they're not walking with Jesus. I'm being straight up. They know the word of God. They know to come to church. They know how to give. But if there, there is no joy like Jesus, you're not walking with Jesus when their joy doesn't translate into your life. And we used to be okay with it, right? The, oh, as long as they're doing Christian stuff. But at some point, the church has to say, that's not maturity. I know you've been here for 30 years. Cool. That's still not maturity. There has to be transformation. There has to be new life. That's what the Bible says. We can't take everything out and say, it's cool. You did attendance right. You did that right. No, there has to be a transforming heart in us where we start to break. And the things that break God heart, God's heart start to break ours. The things that used to say, man, I used to be prideful about that. And you're like, I'm good with it. Yeah, I did totally fail. And I can share with you how not to fail. Right? I say around here, if every one of us sits here and we just fake it, oh, God is good. God's good. You know, how are you doing? God's good. And then we keep on faking it then everyone will feel like, I better fake it too, or I might not fit in. And what happens is that we have a horrible church. That's what happens. And the move of God cannot move. The Spirit of God cannot move with that such pride. It just cannot. And so can we be honest in our groups? I'm not saying just put it out there all, the whole time. But uh, even, even last week, there was someone crying out in the back during worship, and, and I asked myself, what am I going to do? It's so loud. <laughs> That's what I said to myself. Should I stop it? And then someone in the back, I was like, I don't even know what to say. Someone in the back who's been with God for a while, he said, I know how that feels. And I, I remember, I know how that feels. Do you remember how it feels when you were so broken that you just cried out loud and you couldn't hold it back anymore and you just didn't even care? It happens all over the Bible breaking a vase over it and ripping it open and pouring it on Jesus, one who's just weeping and saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. All over the Bible, the people come to a place where they're saying, I don't even care. I don't care what you think of me. I need you more. I thought that was so bold. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. And maybe more of us, we need to step into a place where we say, Jesus, I need you more. Maybe that's the reality of the Holy Spirit working through us. Prayer doesn't make us stronger, like in a way that we're like, oh, look how strong I am now. Sorry. Prayer makes us bolder to say, God, here I am. I'm busted up, man, and I need you. I need you bad, actually. And then he says, your joy, I'm going to give you joy that you've never had because I'm going to make your joy complete. That's the kind of joy I want in my life. And I hope 
as we mature in the practices of celebration. That's the kind of joy that God can give us. So step number one, how do we do this? How do we take joy seriously? First step, start now. Psalms 118.24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. First step of becoming joyful is owning it. Saying, you know what? I am very sour. It's owning it. Own it. Own it, right? You have to take responsibility for your own life. You can't stop blaming. Stop it. I, I told someone this even this morning. In the church... We need to move from younger brothers, blaming our dad, blaming our brother, blaming society, and we need to be better, bigger brothers and say, you know what? I've, I've gone that through with you. And then some of us need to learn how to be fathers and say, this is how you do it. And mothers, this is how you do it. Let me show you. We got to move from little brother attitude saying it's someone else's fault. And then we got to move to bigger brother and say, you know what? I can walk this with you. And then we got to move even further and become fathers and mothers. We do. There has to be a maturity that takes place that stops pointing. And we choose to rejoice on our hardest days, and we choose to be joyful because God is worthy of our rejoicing and our joy. And we can get caught up in the day someday, right? We say someday all the time. Someday I'll get better. How many times? I say someday I'll lose weight, but I'll still eat that cake, right? It doesn't work that way. Someday conditions will change, then I'll be joyful when school is over, when I get a new job, when I get married. But someday is an illusion. We say around here, wherever you are, there you are. That's right. Just because your circumstance changes doesn't mean you change. You're still there. You still got to deal with you. That's right. So if you're angry and joyless now, just because you got more things and just things because life has turned around doesn't mean you change. You do not change because of circumstance. You change out of practice and training, not just trying. We all know people like that who are joyless then and they're joyless now, even though they have everything they desire. We do. So practice celebrating now. B, abide in Jesus. Abide in him. Second, find a joy mentor. I like this. We all know someone who fills us up, right? They're infectious with joy. They breathe life into you. Spend more time with them and try not to complain while you're with them. <laughs> right? right? Take them out for lunch, right? Rather, rather than complaining, listen and analyze. Why are you the way you are? I like that. Why are you the way you are? And, 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 and analyze how you see Jesus in them. And also get away from people who suck. The joy out of the room. Maybe both, right? Right? And if that's you, you got to change. Or you'll be more, even more just depressed and alone, just being straight up with you. We can all change. I know this because I used to suck too. The joy out of the room, right? I used to be the biggest downer. Ask me, man, if you would ask people who have known me in the past, I was such a negative person person everything was negative don't ask Candace too much but everything was the worst right and everything was someone else's fault always the victim but I look God can transform lives I can't I, I don't even I'm like that's not even me anymore right new creation third 
you got to take a step of faith. When opportunities open, walk through them. When Jesus points something out in your life, don't say, that's cool, Jesus. No, you got to take action, remove sin, and confess it. Don't, sometimes you got to confess it to someone else. This is how I am, and I need help, right? Confess it. When it's time to worship, get loud, forget the haters, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And next time you get a chance to dance battle with your seven-year-old son, you better whip and nae all right? If you don't know how to do that, just do the robot, right? My wife does the worst robot ever, right? And I love it. I love it. She won't do it for you. No, but it's the worst. (laughs) But I love it. Fourth, 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 practice celebration. Make a big deal of people. Throw more parties. Encourage boldly. Send those texts that when you think of them, send an encouraging text or a call. Tell them how much they mean to you. Notice the little things. Even today, to your moms, notice the little things. Thank you for these moments because celebration releases joy. Celebration uh, keeps us from taking ourselves too seriously. Celebration kills competition. Celebration heals. Celebration says it's not about me. And celebration says you matter to me. As we close today. How many, and this is just an interesting question, how many of you guys have attended a wedding lately, right? Have you ever seen the groom's face? Have you seen the groom's face when the bride walks down? Sometimes tears fill their eyes or they start laughing. I like when they start laughing, like, I can't believe this is happening to me, right? It's full of love and wonder and delight and joy. And just remember, that's how God sees you. That's how God sees you. Isaiah 62, 5 says, as a bridegroom, the bride rejoices, uh, the groom rejoices over his bride, so will God rejoice over you. God rejoices over you. Think about that. Please pass those out. God rejoices over you. He looks at you and he smiles and he's excited for your life. He's like, (laughs) you can't. You're not going to even imagine, Brandon, the life that's ahead for you. You can't. Jen, 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 I'm so proud of you. You can't even imagine how excited I am for you. Monica, look, she's killing it. Don't give up. You're rocking. See, I put this picture of my son up here, and it's ridiculous. All right? He's making a kissy face. And I told him, look serious. Look, I want to do a good picture, and I want to put it up on Facebook so people think I'm cool, right? And then this is what he gives me this look at that that's ridiculous yeah look at that that is Ezra he kept on doing these weird faces right and I was just like what is going on look at that that's ridiculous and every time I look at this picture it makes me smile I'm like I'm glad you did that I'm glad that's my son (laughs) and he's insane But when I look at it, I smile. It gives me such a joy. When God looks at you, he smiles. And so much joy fills his heart, it begins to bubble over. If we could just imagine how what God thinks of you, it would change the way you would think of yourself. Lord, help us see as you see us. 
Her joy is sustained by believing what God thinks of you. I believe some people in this room, we need a new view of God and how he looks at you. And others, we need a new view of you. You need a new view of how you see yourself. And say, God, I'm going to trust how you see me over how I see me. I'm going to believe what you believe, God. And lastly, some of us in this room, we're like that younger son. We're far from home. We didn't remain. We ran. And you need to come home today. Maybe that's you. Maybe the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, let's just bow our heads for a moment. Even right now, speak to our hearts, God. Maybe we ran, Lord God, but we sense you. We sense your voice, and you say, come home. Come home. And I pray that you would confess your sin and your life to Jesus boldly, and you would come home to a loving father. Maybe you've never known a loving father, and it's so hard to trust God. I know how that feels. Would you take one step of faith today and say, if you're far from God today and you need him, would you just raise your hand and say, you know what? I need Jesus today. That's you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Heavenly Father, I pray for this room, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that this message of celebration, taking seriously celebration, would not be short-lived, Lord God. But, Lord Jesus, that it would ignite something today, Lord, and that we would be people that are like you, people of joy. In Jesus' name we pray. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And I always break my bread in my hand. And he said, this is my body that was broken for John, for you. Whenever you come together, and you take the bread, think of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Think of the cross. Let's take the bread together. That same night, Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my blood that was poured out for you. When it, for the new covenant, I'm starting something new in you. Whenever you come together, remember me. Let's take the cup together. Heavenly Father, let us never get over the cross. Let it be the catalyst and the strength for everything that we could do. That we are, that God loves us so much that he died for us. And at the same time, Lord, our sin is so damaging that you had to die for us, Lord God. That's the cross, Lord. And I pray that be the strength of why we get up every day and live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here.